All right, everyone, welcome back to the Renowned Leadership Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Morris. I'm so excited for the show we have lined up for you today. But before we get started, I want to share that if you're ready to fast track your career and achieve extraordinary success, I have a program that will ignite your potential and propel you to new heights. As a high level executive coach, I specialize in empowering leaders like you to unleash your full potential and excel in your career. Whether you're seeking a rapid advancement in your current career, or a seamless transition to a new industry, I'm here to guide you every step of the way. Imagine having a trusted advisor who understands your unique challenges and provides you with a proven roadmap for success. Together, we'll work from your strengths, overcome obstacles, and position you as a magnetic force in the professional world. Now is the time to break free of, from the limitations holding you back and step into the extraordinary career you deserve. Don't settle for mediocrity when greatness is within your reach. So claim your spot. It all starts with a complimentary session. Just go to renownedleadership.com and click the book now button or click the link in the podcast description below. Accelerate your career, embrace your true potential and become the influential leader you were destined to be. Remember, success favors those who take decisive action. Seize this opportunity and join the ranks of the high achieving executives who are making waves in their industry. With all that being said, I'm excited to introduce you to today's guest. Today, I'm being joined by a very special guest, Dr. Anna Titkova. She hails all the way from Poland. She's a Ukrainian citizen who has been drastically affected by the war uh, going on in Ukraine right now. Uh, her and her, her entire family had to flee the country uh, eventually ending up in Warsaw, Poland. Uh, it's a horrible, horrible story, but uh, very inspiring how her and her family are overcoming the, the obstacles. And even bigger than that, Dr. Anna uh, started a business in the middle of the pandemic, literally just a couple of days after the pandemic became announced worldwide. She got her official license to, to start her business and she built it all the way through the pandemic and really focused her research on helping uh, build uh, the, the, the vaccines to, to help with COVID-19. Dr. Anna is an inspiring figure and she definitely inspires me and I hope she's going to inspire you guys and I can't wait for, uh, for, for you guys to hear her story. So without further ado, Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Dr. Anna Tikovka. Okay, Dr. Anna, so I, I really want to know, and, and this is a little bit different than how I normally start a show, but I, I, I just want to know, you, you say being on my show, which this is not anywhere close to the case, my audience isn't near this big, but say you're on my show and you have the entire world listening to you right now. What is, what's the message that you would send to the world? I will, maybe I would like to say in another way, but unfortunately the situation that uh, 
is happening in my country requires all of us, all Ukrainians, to speak in another way to the whole world. We really need this support. We really need this understanding of people around us that they uh, understand our grief. They understand our, our uh, situation. They want to help us and uh, to help uh, at the end the good uh, to win this evil. And you know that the, um, the countries, Ukraine, that the world couldn't even never find on its map has now turned the world's idea of what a country should be. And I want this um, uh, situation to stay in such a way that the world will still understand and follow this direction, how the country should be, what principles, what ideas, what should be on the top of each uh, population, on the top of our world and of our life, that in any case, evil cannot come inside the independent country cannot kill people, cannot injure children, cannot destroy lives of everyone, destroy infrastructure, destroy everything what is there was built by hundreds of years by the previous generation on the same, same territory. And that's why I want to only to send this message that uh, the, uh, what is now shown by our country, by our warriors, by our soldiers, by all the common people's Civil, uh, civil population in general, that this is what a country should be. This should remain and only um, followed by the prosperous future of our country and each other country in the world if it will be in such a situation as we are now. That, that's actually pretty, it's pretty deep because uh, I remember uh, in, in the United States, you know, September 11th, 2001, when the United States was attacked, you know, our country had never been more united. We didn't, you know, all of a sudden it didn't matter what your political beliefs were, your religious beliefs, none of that mattered at all. All that mattered was that we protect our country and we protect each other. And then you fast forward 20 years and now all of a sudden our country is more divided than it's ever been and we can't agree on anything it's almost chaos here and i absolutely love what you said is it's we need to get to a place where we we always remember that lesson you know we we forget so fast and we forget so easy that at the end of the day we're all brothers and sisters right we're all humans and the the this nonsense needs to end you're right, you're right. And this unity uh, of the whole world, the unity of our Ukrainian nation, the unity of the of people around the world, around this Ukrainian uh, nationality. And this is very important. And maybe thanks to this, all of us, all Ukrainians uh, have this will, have the strength, uh, energy to continue to fight, not to give up. And uh, at the end, to, uh, to come to this victory, to come to this end uh, of uh, of this horror and to, to receive the victory at the end. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I, I know for, for my household and for many others here in the United States, and I'm sure around the world, you have the full support uh, of, of us. And, you know, my, my wife is Ukrainian. Um, she she lived in Ukraine until I want to say she was 20, 22, I think. And uh, her, her father is currently still in Ukraine. 
and, and he lives in Kiev and it's just, it's insane. And uh, I think I'll always remember when the war started, you know, and, and my take on war is a lot uh, pretty different than, than most people's because I'm a soldier and, you know, that that's my background. I've, <laughs> I've fought pretty much since I was 18 years old in wars. So my, my take on war is a little bit different than most people's, but I'll never forget her reaction to when Russia invaded Ukraine because she couldn't understand it. You know, because to her, Russia, you know, Russian people were, were her brothers and sisters. Like, there's really no difference between, you know, you have Russians and you have Ukrainians, yes, but you all speak the same language. You, you, you know, your border, it's like the United States and Canada, you know, I don't, you know, it's just an, Canada is just an extension of the United States to most of us. And that, that's the way it was to her is it, Russia was just, you know, an extended part of Ukraine. It was a different country. Yes. But, it, you know, really wasn't that different. And she couldn't understand the, the, just the mindset of, of what it takes to just violently attack your neighbor like that. So I totally understand what you're saying, and, and it's it's a very powerful message. And I thank you so much for sharing. And uh, you you know Ukraine will remain. Uh, I can't speak for everybody, but it'll definitely remain in the vast majority of our thoughts and prayers. And and we will continue to support you every every way that we can. Thank you. Thank you very much. So. Dr. Anna, you know, to, to all the listeners, obviously, Dr. Anna is from Ukraine, um, if you couldn't tell by her accent. And um, she's also a doctor. That's why I call her a doctor. So, uh, Dr. Anna, I, I would like to dive a little bit into your early childhood, because like you said in, in the beginning, most people couldn't even find Ukraine on a map uh, here in the United <laughs> States. And certainly most people just kind of thought you know when they would hear ukraine they're like oh yeah that's a city in russia or something like that most people didn't even know it's its own country so what 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 is what was your childhood like what what is it like growing up in ukraine yeah i can even add, uh, add uh, to this your sentence that people sometimes were asking me because i have active uh, scientific activities but i will tell about this a little bit later uh, and i was presenter on different conferences and they were asking where is ukraine is it asia is it africa <laughs> or where is it at least at what continent <laughs> are you from what continent are you from really i also heard such such questions uh, as well to, uh, during some of these my meetings with international colleagues before and now yes you said uh, that people can even sh show on the map the cities and villages of ukraine maybe some of them can uh, know them better than some ukrainians at the end because every everyone uh, see uh, this regularly on, on their tv unfortunately we are under such an awful situation and we receive this recognition but here yeah, this is what uh, right. the reality is and yeah my um, 
My childhood, I was born in Kharkiv, the city, uh, the, one of the nearest cities to our neighbors, 60 kilometers from the Russian border and Russian-speaking population there and all of our many relatives, friends, they were uh, living now live in uh, Russia, in this part of Russia near our city and our region. But yeah, unfortunately, this is what, what we have now. But uh, maybe in connection of my childhood with my future, Career with my uh, field of medicine, which I started to to learn um, before. I had this childhood dream to become a doctor. I don't know why, from where it started, but it was my childhood dream and exact dream that I need to help people uh, in their diseases, in their sufferings, and to find something uh, that may help them to become more healthy uh, in the end. So this was my exact uh, goals of my life, let's say, from childhood. I finished the school. I entered medical university. I was working as a cleaner at the hospital, then as a nurse at the hospital, in, uh, combining with medical education because I was uh, so willing and uh, thrilling to start this more um, closer cooperation with doctors, with patients, to see how it works, how you can help, what you can do, uh, how it is organized inside. So after all of the steps, um, I finished medical university. At the same time, I started my scientific career because uh, I had uh, some scientific approaches in medical university. And then it was few steps of uh, receiving PhD degree, then professor title in the medical academy in Kharkiv. So it was in parallel with some uh, with clinical uh, part of my uh, life as well. And at the end, I received cardi cardiology specialization. So I'm a doctor cardiologist, PhD, professor at medical academy at the same time. Uh, during this, my work in medicine and in scientific research as I spent a lot of time in the clinical research, clinical trials field. This is the part of um, pharma and me medical business where the drugs past this uh, way of before they appear on the shelves of uh, drugstores uh, all around the world. And uh, for me, it was a good place where I can combine this my scientific knowledge because it's also the scientific approach and steps of creation of a new drug and the clinical research because on this uh, part of clinical research is we cooperate exactly with patients, with uh, uh, doctors and uh, with workers in, in of medical institutions. And that's why in 2020, uh, maybe it was uh, some coincidence, I don't know, or maybe it, it should be in such a way. I started this activity in creation of medical center that uh, was and is still at the research site for clinical trials. So we perform in parallel clinical trials and private visits like a private medical center. And it was started in 2020, exactly when the COVID pandemic was announced. On the 20th of March, it was announced all around the world. And the 27th of March, I had an appointment with our notary to register company on the territory of Ukraine. So yeah, and then to follow the steps, to follow these goals, I started this business in Ukraine. Wow, that's crazy. So uh, we'll, we'll get, <clears throat> I want to dive deeper into some of that uh, a little bit later, but um, I, I'm interested to know because I, I've never actually, in all my travels, I've never actually asked this question. Um, what, what, so I know here in the United States, roughly what our doctors go through to get their PhDs and get, you know, 
earn their title as, as doctor or surgeon or whatever the case may be. But, and here in the United States, it's pretty intense. Um, what, what, what is the educational journey like in, in, for a Ukrainian to become a doctor? Is it, is it pretty, pretty crazy? Yeah, it's one of the most difficult ones in Ukraine as well, if compared with other specializations or qualifications that you can uh, achieve. So first of all, you need to enter medical university and to study for six years. After these six years, you need to pass two exams. I know that you have the same ones in the US as well that confirmed your knowledges. And not, if you do not pass them, you're not uh, receiving your diploma in the end. So they're very important. The whole country is writing on the same day and the same time. So very anonymously performing all of these um, tests that you receive. So a huge database of hundreds, thousands questions of tests that you need to, to look through to learn somehow uh, to be prepared for this test. So very uh, important steps. And we have like three steps after the third course of the university, after the sixth course of the university, and then after your residence. This residence, it starts after six years of education. So you can, uh, you need to go to some hospital and in parallel work as an in, 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 in internship, like an intern doctor, and just having some uh, theoretical classes in parallel as well. It depends, the um, uh, timelines of this uh, residence depends on your specialization. If you want therapeutic area, it's two years. If surgery, gynecology, it's three years. So at the end, after this uh, eight or nine years of education, you need to pass the third exam and after completion you receive a diploma that you are md of exact specialization for example internal diseases or surgery or gynecology and that's all after that you can work as in if we're speaking now about these therapeutic areas as i passed in my life i received the diploma of internal disease doctor and if you want to have some other specialization like cardiology endocrinology gastroenterology you need to uh, to go through another years of education and to pass another qualification and receive this diploma, for example, as I received in cardiology. Uh, in parallel there, I performed my scientific activities and being in a residence, I uh, was um, on a master program in medicine. So it's another parallel activity when you need to write like a thesis, not a PhD, a, a little bit simpler one, but also a separate activity to receive a master degree in medicine. It, it, I don't know whether you have the same in the US, but in Ukraine, it was not for each person, only after receiving with honors your diploma from medical university, only having it, you are allowed to have this competition and to gain one or two places in the whole city for this master degree in medicine after finishing the medical university and i pass it and uh, i received in parallel with my residence internal disease doctor master degree in medicine um, during this period of time and after that if you also you can after that work as a practical doctor internal disease doctor or receiving the specialization somewhere in the hospital outpatient department or you may 
continue your scientific approach and in parallel to defend your PhD degree, for example, and to work in some scientific institutions, in medical universities, medical academies, as a senior researcher or uh, some lecturer, um, lecture maybe mostly, so, or researching in medical higher educational institutions or research institutions. For this, you need to defend your PhD degree. To, uh, this is for four or five years. It was done for, by me for five years. In fact, after all of these step, steps before, uh, I defend my PhD degree. And after that, only after three years of uh, the, I received assistant professor title. And if you want to receive professor's title official from the Ministry of Health of Ukraine, you need to, uh, um, to fulfill some other obligations, uh, some articles, uh, publications, uh, um, some B2 level in English, some conferences, uh, books, writing of the books, and so on, so on, that uh, you after that only after completing all the list of these requirements you can receive a scientific title as well so yeah i'm an author of more than 100 to, uh, 120 scientific publications in medical journals i am an independent reviewer of the ministry of health of ukraine journal i have the yeah, patents on the of, on inventions a monograph published in germany so a lot of all of these activities that were performed by me to gain this scientific title as well Holy crap. <laughs> That's insane. So so this was this was almost a 15 year journey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. That that's insane. You talk about talk about being in the game for the long haul, for the long win. Man, that's that's nuts. Most people can't even can't even plan the next four years of their life, let alone the next 15. <laughs> so how, how how many languages do you speak? Russian, Ukrainian, English, now Polish, and a little bit German. Okay, okay. So, man, that, that's insane. I just asked because you you were talking about having something published in Germany, so I didn't know if you published it in English, English or in... English, okay, English. okay. Gotcha. Man, that so... That, I, I don't even know where to go from there. That blows my mind. So you've literally been training... So do you graduate high school? Um, I don't know what you call it in Ukraine, but do you, uh, you your preparatory school, you know, as a secondary. teenager? Yeah, okay. Secondary. Do you, secondary school. Okay. So do you graduate that? How old were you when you graduated from that? 17. 17. So similar to the United States, man. So for the next decade and a half, man, I couldn't imagine, um, you, you doctors are incredible because and I know the process is similar to here in the United States um, with your thesis and all that stuff, but I wouldn't even I don't even know how they get into medical research. But so fast forward through all of that, right? Uh, you were talking about the pandemic. How, how did the, the pandemic change your role, uh, you know, in your life, in your career? Did, did it like COVID-19 happen and then just all of a sudden your focus shift or did it, were you already kind of in line to handle uh, COVID-19 as it came? The COVID-19, it was not in my uh, schedule and plans of my life in general. <laughs> 
<laughs> that, that, that's why I, I was not focused on these obstacles that appears during this period of time. Um, one step back, um, before, maybe before he's speaking about the, uh, um, 2020, in 2019, I got acquainted with people from uh, site management organization. There's a company that uh, operates in the market of clinical researches, let's say, and um, they proposed me to become a country head of their part in Ukraine. It was a greenfield business without any acquisitions on that period of time. So to create their uh, affiliated company, uh, like an independent company on the territory of Ukraine. And this was all the arrangements done before this COVID it was during the 2019. And that's why we agreed on all of the steps. So that's why I had on the 27th of March, my appointment with the notary where I need to go and to do all this final procedures of registration. And uh, of course, when the COVID pandemic was announced, it was blocked all the ways, uh, any transport in each city all around the world, I believe as well. Um, and it was also for me like to organize this notary meeting because they couldn't uh, allow more than two people uh, sitting in one room and it was not allowed by some lawyer procedures to, to be only two of, of, of people to sign these documents. It was also such a uh, weird and now maybe funny procedures but not uh, at 2020 how it, we were trying to organize all of these um, activities to arrange all the people but at the same time being in line with all the sanitary requirements according to the number of people in the square meter in one place uh, to, to sign the documents and so finally we did it as it should be on the 27th of March, uh, I received two papers, a four papers of registration of the companies and nothing more. And from this period, <laughs> from this day, I don't know what what was inside me happiness that finally we achieved this, or even of this one week of crazy COVID first week, or what to do after. <laughs> the papers were in my hands, but what, what to do uh, the next morning, <laughs> waking up, waking up. No, with this COVID situation and, and creation of the new companies. But yeah, uh, for me, I, I, uh, the, the understanding of how you should run business, maybe how you should achieve something in your life, it uh, consists of um, maybe a few, few main steps that uh, uh, you shouldn't be always in the comfort zone because life is managed in such a way that it will not allow you in any case to be in this comfort zone forever. That's why you need to understand that, okay, if it, it is today at 7 p.m. you have this comfort zone, it doesn't mean that it's 7.05, you will have the same comfort zone as well. So adapt yourself, trying to find the solutions and to go straight to your goals and um, for tomorrow or to the next month that you should uh, have at the end. And... Um, uh, for me, I don't understand this world that I can't do something, for example. Yeah, this learned uh, helplessness, sometimes it appears in our life. Of course, we have doubts. I have also some doubts about what I'm doing, how to, whether it's good or not. But it shouldn't be like I can't do it at all. So I can do it, but maybe in another way, with another approach, with another from another angle but not that I can't do it at all. So this helplessness, it's not for my attitude to life and to everything what, what, what I was uh, doing previously, even with this, my scientific activities, medical um, 
education uh, and so on. Uh, that's why um, when I registered to companies, uh, it was two companies. Why two? Because we have the specific of our industry that, especially in Ukraine, it was according to some of our legal requirements that you need to have a separate medical center that performs clinical visits, doctors, normally working as a medical institution, and at the same time, you can combine it with clinical researches. And another entity was a pure clinical trials activity organization where I work with I need to uh, for that period of time. I will. I need to create a network of sites, affiliated sites, on other hospitals with with whom I can work in clinical researches. That's why it was two parallel activities for me uh, to be created. So, and during these two years, from 2020 till 2022, February 2022, for two years, I managed to create medical institution, refurbishment, equipment, doctors, uh, all the sanitary requirements, they are very weird and crazy from the Soviet Union period of time. They, they were still in Ukraine with all of, all of these books of requirements uh, that you need to, to, to be um, in, uh, in line with. And so all of this were created by me in half a year, 350 square meters, uh, everything was new, uh, receiving all the documents from the Ministry of Health of Ukraine, and we opened our clinic uh, in November 2020 and start our activities. And in the same period of time, I created a network for another company, a network of sites uh, in three Ukrainian regions, in four Ukrainian cities, where we work with state or private hospitals just for the performance of clinical researches. And we were, I may say that successful for the, even for this short period of time, we achieved some good results in our studies. We gained few uh, new studies. We started our activities. We were the world best recruiter in one study. We worked in this COVID studies because it was on the top of all clinical researches as well. You remember these vaccines, Pfizer, Moderna, all of this, Janssen, all of them were running who will be the first one in their vaccination with the vaccine that will come the first on the market, some treatment procedures, uh, options for patients. So we were uh, participating exactly in this clinical researches and the development of some treatment activities or vaccination for patients uh, with COVID. And yet we, we, we gained some good results and achieved them. But yeah, unfortunately, on the 24th of February, it was stopped at 4.45 a.m. in the morning. Wow. So I want to go back to something you said, which is a mantra of mine as well, and that is uh, your comfort zone. Um, I say that you know people that are they're in their country comfort zone, they're rooted to the ground because your comfort zone is is the root of not changing. And if you can't change and you can't adapt, you're going to perpetually be stuck in the same circumstances in the same situations. They'll just keep repeating themselves and you'll never advance in your life. And I think it's inspiring and incredible that even during a time when every, literally everything shut down, you still found a way to build this gigantic network and these physical structures of a place where you can help people and continue your research now um i just I, I think that that's incredible and that that's a very powerful mindset so if you take nothing from this podcast just take you know your comfort zone is your worst enemy never forget that 
you always want to be outside your comfort zone. Uh, so my next question then is, um, we, we all know the, the toll COVID had on the world. You personally, how did COVID affect your mental health, your well-being, your your life in general, outside of obviously, you know, having to wear a mask or all, you know, can't be too close to people, all that stuff. Uh, what what side effects did you feel from COVID as a doctor? You mean according to the medical, some complications, yeah? Not not just medical, like mental, like mental health, or or just your general well being. Um, speaking about yeah, some outcomes, let's say of the COVID pandemic. First, firstly, on the first steps, first months, maybe even the first year, it uh, we see uh, we saw this influence on um, um, lung function, on the cardiac uh, system. So all of this, because especially people who were in a bad condition, who were in intensive care units. They struggled a lot after even normalization of the saturation, oxygen saturation of the blood uh, to, um, to manage their organism to, uh, to work normally as it was before. And it has a lot of complications on the uh, let's say internal condition of the pers person, of each of the system of, uh, of the body of these people. Uh, but um, more long-lasting effects they were of course mostly on this mental uh, condition on uh, um, on the uh, depression part of because it was mostly uh, caused some depressions and there were uh, even cases uh, they were not mentioned by the scientists about suicide uh, attempts of people after covid and i personally I know a few families who's very young uh, men uh, after COVID, they made the suicide. Uh, uh, being at home, they were uh, good professionals, uh, uh, people with good income, everything of good families, but in the end, they finished their life in such a way. So it's not uh, some imagine, imagination or, uh, or story or just created for, to frighten someone. It's a real uh, situation that people were struggling with the pressure disorders um, after COVID uh, disease when they um, pass it. So yeah, but uh, now, for example, if to compare, maybe because not not everyone is focused on COVID. Uh, we haven't got a lot of uh, researches now in COVID because it's not something that is on top. Maybe that's why we haven't got such a big tracker of all these people. Maybe it would be good perhaps to have such a survey maybe of people after this illness who suffered from COVID maybe of uh, severe uh, COVID uh, in 2020, 2021. But unfortunately, we haven't got such a um, yeah, maybe direction now to uh, to uh, in investigating this. So it would be interesting to see how these people continue their life. Do they have some complications? Do they have some um, so, something that happens here yeah, with their mental health, with their physical strength uh, yeah, after a few years of COVID. But now we haven't got such uh, such researches, but it would be interesting to know about them. But I mean, that makes sense, though, you know, the, the depression and stuff that comes along, that, that came along with COVID because you're isolated, right? And I mean, it, it's scientific. Uh, scientifically proven that the human like we need human interaction 
right? We, we need to be around other human beings, right? So, I mean, it would make, it makes sense that, that being isolated and separated literally from everyone, that, that you would suffer, suffer pretty, pretty heavy mental effects. The, does that not make sense? Am I, am I off on that, that thought? Yeah, you're right. Yeah, it's, it was also one of the part, let's say, that influence on the result of the outcomes of COVID disease. Right. Okay. <clears throat> so, starting, <laughs> so you start your company. You're you're in the process. You're almost done starting your company, and then COVID happens. It, I think you said. Uh, COVID happened or was officially announced March 20th, and then your company became legal March 27th. So seven days. March 27th is my birthday, actually. So, um, <laughs> so um, during that seven days, did you have any thought that you needed to stop what you were doing? Like it was the wrong time to start this company or go out on your own entrepreneurial adventure were you like oh let's put the brakes on yeah maybe, maybe to add some personal information to this story that uh, i haven't got time for these seven days because during this period of time i was uh, in norway i have some vacation and i stuck in norway as, as exactly on the 20th of march when the all flights were cancelled that's why for me the main was somehow to reach my home to reach ukraine with cancellation of all the flights that's why uh, and all the, the borders that each country was closing one by one each day pronouncing in one two hours before the closing that in two hours the, the border of the country will be closed and i i was uh, buying i was with my friend there in norway um and we were in the middle of norway because we had this uh, trip to see the fjords and we exactly on the 20th of march we were in the middle of the norway not even in oslo bergen somewhere with airports it was in the middle of norway when it was um, canceled all the ships, uh, trains, even inside Norway, not, not only speaking about flights. And we were trying to somehow to reach our country buying uh, flights by ticket by ticket. It was canceled by one by one after buying a new one <laughs> because it should be, for example, for the next day and the, uh, the country was an, uh, announced at that period of time that it will be canceled and we, we were not in line a few hours to to, to, by flight to reach it and we receive this message that your flight is cancelled sorry very much <laughs> so for me all of these seven days they were this three days of trying to reach ukraine it was through five countries in the end when we reach our country and this was the maybe 24th of march when i was in ukraine in heart in my city <laughs> one day i had only to understand that i'm really at home and on the next day i need to go to the notary <laughs> So, so that's why it was without, without any other uh, variants what to do on the 27th of March. Yeah, you just didn't have time to even think about it. You were too focused on getting home. That makes I was so happy. Sense. I was so happy to be at home that I was agreed to do everything what is needed to register the company, <laughs> two companies, five companies to go somewhere else because I was agreed to everything with this happiness of finally being at home. And yeah, to understand that I, I, I was I managed to reach to reach Ukraine at the end. 
No, yeah, that's that's crazy. I, I I've never I, I've traveled all over the world, but I've never been to Norway, and I've always wanted to go see the fjords. And they there's this thing they have there called extreme hammocking, where mm-hmm. they've ran lines across the fjords, and you go out and you just you're suspended above the fjord in a hammock, basically just mm-hmm. laying there looking down. Mm-hmm. I've wanted to do that for years and one of these days I'm going to make it to Norway and actually get to go do it but that, that's... Start the next time I believe COVID shouldn't start the next time I believe so you may go there <laughs> I have plans right so so when it when it came to starting your own business um what what kind of fears and I, this is before COVID happened like when when you were making making the decision like I'm going to start this company what what kind of fears did did you have and how did you overcome them because I, as an entrepreneur i know like starting your own business is probably one of the scariest things i've ever done because you you know are you going to win are you going to fail like what's it going to cost you like th- there are just so many unqu- unanswered questions it's it's very it was at least for me it was very scary so did did you experience that kind of fear? And if so, what, what were your fears? Maybe my main fear, and maybe the only one, honestly saying, was that um, I, will, I wouldn't be able to find people who will be around me, who will understand our mission, who will understand what we are doing and support me in all of these dealings because uh, honestly saying that uh, I haven't got anyone uh, like a team of people um, likewise thinking yeah, like-minded people thinking people and for me it was difficult to uh, to understand how it is possible to to find them from from the street to find these people who uh, in the end will bring the same values to your company uh, i i um i was always uh, uh, confident in my forces in my activities in my enthusiasm that i will manage it but you cannot do this alone you are not uh, alone alone in this world and you need people around you and yeah there is a very good saying that you are the average of five five people with whom you are spending the most time with so and uh, it, it's really important because the influence on you the, our work is uh, the uh, most of our daily uh, daytime uh, where we, uh, we spend most of our um, spare time let's say yeah of lifetime and these people who will be with you they will influence in any case uh, not even on the results of your work but on your personally and for me this was the main fear that i will not manage to find these people and to organize them around me so that we can push this activity this business into the direction and vision of my vision of the our company vision how it should be and yeah, and um, and maybe it's, it's the not um, one moment, one day fear. It, it's during the whole managing of the business, you have this fear that people will not continue uh, your mission, that they will go away and you will not find the replacement uh, if this is a good employees and good workers, uh, and you will not find this replacement of, uh, for them who will continue this business with you, uh, who will be honest. Yeah, there are also um, one of from one of the I don't remember who was saying this that you need to find three main. Uh, 
features of your employees uh, intelligence energy and honesty so if they haven't got the last one the first two they do not make any sense so that's why this honesty and honesty to the business that they are doing honesty for the work that they are doing and this will in any case bring this responsibility the responsibility of their activities of their actions and uh, yeah only only in such a way it's possible to build it and uh, i i am lucky that i i managed to have these people and this was really people uh, from interviews, from internet, some of the CVs that I gathered and making these interviews, finding them. But at the end, all of them for these two years were with us, were with our company, and no one from them uh, didn't leave. And even now I have a chat, speaking with my employees all together. I had recently my birthday. They also congratulate me even now uh, after this one year of this remote living of our living year. But uh, and all of them are waiting to return back and uh, waiting to return back to our clinic as well. So for me, this is the main recognition perhaps of my activities that were done before. If all of them, they still want to return exactly to our place of work. So even with the war happening in Ukraine between Russia and Ukraine right now, you, your company is still operating, correct? It's, it's still doing its research. It's just doing it remotely now? Yeah, we stopped our private visits. So our clinic doesn't perform any private visits like a medical institution. Um, our inpatient department becomes a place for living of some of our employees whose houses were bombed. Uh, during the first months of war. That's why uh, we made such a decision to give them this place where they can live if they need. Uh, but clinical wow. research, yeah, but clinical researches, we continue to perform and we are in line with all our patients who were in ongoing studies. But now in Ukraine, uh, all activities are stopped in clinical researches. We haven't got new ones. Uh, all sponsors and they and big pharma, they are afraid of the situation of the security of the data that they can receive and they do not allow it to um, enroll new patients in the clinical research is only a few of them but it's not like before uh, and that's why we continue only ongoing visits according to the protocol according to the sh uh, schedule of their visits and i might tell for example like an example in one of our clinical research patients should uh, fill your diaries some smartphones on which they are uh, making once or two times per day some assumption of their physical condition and after finishing uh, one year of their um, being clinical research uh, we received the data from sponsor at the end of 2022 that the compliance of filling this questionnaire is um, was uh, 95 percentage. So patients sitting in the bomb shelters, being on this uh, lockdown without electricity, they continue to fill in these diaries, putting this uh, scale estimation of their health once, two times per day, according to the protocol, because they were interested to receive uh, medication. We also manage this transportation of the medicine to our patients, uh, receive it from sponsors, from CROs, from depots in Ukraine. So all of these activities, they were organized uh, by our staff, by me, and to, uh, we continue because our people, they need this medicine. And also maybe like one of the message that uh, from which we started today that 
patients in Ukraine, they need clinical researches even more than before because we have lack of medication, we have lack of drugs on the Ukrainian market. Not each person can afford to buy even to go to the drugstore and buy it. That's why clinical researches for them now it's an option to receive first treatment and then secondly, uh, medical uh, care, uh, diagnosis, examination uh, for free. Wow. So, so what, what can Americans do? How, how can, what, you know, if you, if you had one request, one way that, that people could help you, what, what would that be? Donating money, donating, you know, to a, to another company to, to that can provide you with medication. Yeah, I, I know that there are a lot of missions, a lot of donations uh, for in, in medical fields and pharma. I know that big pharma companies, they also have these free drugs for, for patients inside Ukraine that were typically, for example, on the market for sale. But uh, it's not enough in general. So in any case, we, uh, we, need, we, we need more. We need this part of normality, of a normal life that we had before in other countries. Uh, has and uh, like a message maybe to not uh, not to consider ukraine as a black uh, spot on the map of our world so this is a functioning country the country with people okay with less than a number of these people but in any case with people inside the country people uh, who require help uh, who require medical because i'm a medical professional i can speak only from this point of medical care for people they require this medical um, support uh, drugs uh, examinations and we're not asking even sometimes uh, for free something free, yeah, just donate. We agreed to work, our researchers, even to speak about these clinical researchers from where I, I am now. So our staff, our people, they are open to work. They do not ask for money for, for nothing. They are open to work. They are open to perform clinical researches, to perform their duties and hmm, to receive money for their work, uh, not for free, for nothing uh, to be doing. That, that's why, yeah, maybe, just to consider that um, in Ukraine we have life, we have uh, alive people uh, who requires more than before medical support and uh, medical treatment, and uh, maybe to consider in some way that uh, we may try something to to start to continue, yeah? because it was before Ukraine was one of the best um, countries with the high speed of recruitment, with good quality of data, with big number of medical professionals and clinical researchers, and it it, uh, it didn't disappear with the twenty fourth of February. It it's still in the, inside the country, and all of the people, our research staff, medical professionals, patients, they need this hope and understanding that at the end of this tunnel we will have this light at least start some activities to show that um, it will come. Okay, just we need to wait or or something will come soon, but not as sometimes we have this uh, empty, a full empty without any information, without any desire to discuss our future, about without any um, understanding what this future will be, because this future will be also together with the help of the whole world, not only now during the war, as we spoke with you before, that yeah, you support us, uh, you you helped us, but we need the same after, after vict uh, our victory, and this should come uh, with some understanding of people that, okay, let's wait, but it will come.
but not as it's the end. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I have a, a, a fairly decent um, Ukrainian following, if you will, because of my wife. So what what message would you send out to your fellow Ukrainians that hear this this podcast to, to keep them motivated, to keep their spirits up? I think, can you please repeat, repeat your yeah, question? Yeah, absolutely. I, I have a pretty decent follow, a Ukrainian following because of my wife. Mm -hmm. um, they follow me just because of her. Um, what what message would you have to for them to keep their spirits up, to keep their hopes alive, that Ukraine is going to be victorious? What, what, what would you say to them? You mean for Ukrainians? Mm-hmm. You mean for Ukrainians now? Well... The world show, showed that uh, we are not alone. Uh, the, uh, the Ukrainians showed that uh, we can struggle and we can achieve results. Uh, we haven't got this variant that we can't do something. We need to... <laughs> it's difficult. Sometimes it seems impossible at all to continue to struggle even for each normal person, even not on the front line, with a simple, our civil life as we had. But uh, we shouldn't give up. We haven't got the permission to give up and to, to agree with, with the reality that, that, uh, that we have. So um, once I also saw in some social media in New York, uh, near the metro station, I don't know whether it was right or true or not, but it was written that, um, just one second, I need to remember how it was. So, uh, it was written like the phrase, uh, pre uh, pre previously, I thought that I know what the bravery is, but then I, I saw Ukraine. And perhaps this is the main message. So we showed the world all the values of the human values that should exist in this world to build the prosperous countries, to build the uh, ideal world in which we can live. So let's keep it and not to, to give up and to continue to to cherish it and then in the end it will bring us the victory uh, in any case good will win evil and yeah the world cannot exist in another way absolutely i love that and, and you know it's amazing to me to watch um such a small country stand up to one of the largest militaries in the world and, and say no because because ukraine i'm not sure of the population of ukraine but I mean, if you look at Ukraine on the map, it's literally a, barely a thumbprint compared to Russia, especially the, the Russian military, who is several million strong. And, you know, Ukraine literally just dug their heels into the ground and said, no, this isn't going to happen. And, and I, I thoroughly believe Ukraine is going to win because, you know, Russia Russia's fighting for a goal a purpose the, they aren't fighting the infinite battle they aren't fighting for their lives for their very right to exist and, and that's what i think the ukrainian people have is that they, they don't care they are going to exist or they're going to die trying and when you when you take out you know that that mind that that goal-oriented mindset and replace it with that infinite mindset it's you become pretty much unstoppable and something either has to kill you or you you win because you know 
There, there is no in between. So I, I have mad respect for Ukraine, and uh, I, I'm cheering you guys on, obviously, because you know, I, you know, I couldn't even cheer for the other side if I wanted to. My wife would kill me. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But um, I think that's inspirational uh, as anything, and I, I love that. So what 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 is in the future for Dr. Anna? What what uh, future endeavors are you seeing uh, take shape once this war is over? Once you're back with your your clinical trials, uh, are you going to uh, rebuild your your company back to your original vision? Do you have a new vision for it? What what's in your future? Um, as being an optimistic person in general, uh, I believe that this victory will come definitely. Uh, we just need to have this patience to wait and to save what we have, not to lose. Uh, I mean, all the businesses in Ukraine, all the companies in Ukraine, and this is for me also like one of the goal, not to not to lose what was created before. And uh, at the end, so this victory will come. We, uh, Ukraine will... Uh, will be on the map uh, for the world as uh, the symbol of uh, of um, of the strength of the unity of the pat patriotism yeah, the, of, of the nation and i believe that uh, all the companies and in my field is the pharma companies clinical research companies they will definitely come to ukraine and uh, with such a support with such a way of support for for our people uh with uh, even I think that it should be like also the mission of, of this business, big businesses who uh, who were on the territory of Ukraine before to return back and to show that they were able also to save their entities on the territory of Ukraine, to save their um, uh, footprint on the territory of Ukraine, and they will also continue to grow. And altogether, this uh, will bring this network of communication in any case you cannot work alone in any industry so it's a networking of uh, companies of people around and if everyone will have such an attitude that they uh, need to to return back is the first item and the second one to uh, to double to triple what they had before the war it will bring incredible results because all people i can speak from the part of medical field of pharma clinical research field i believe it's in each of of the part of economy part in ukraine they all want to show that not only on the battlefield but in each of our the small battles and wars that we have inside our businesses we can also win we can also achieve incredible results and this is like a, a point okay i was not on the battlefield but i can return back after the victory and show the same results inside my business and if everyone will continue in such a way, and for me, this is uh, uh, this is the, the 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 goal, the purpose that after this victory, we can also return back to Ukraine, uh, enlarge our operations. I'm now speaking with new doctors, with new clinical research sites, medical institutions, which would be interesting, for example, to uh, to start these operations with clinical researchers who haven't got any experience before, but they might be the part of this network the network of clinical research industry. And at the end, yeah, we need these projects, we need um, uh, some, some trials that will come and that we will fulfill and uh, give patients access to innovative medicines, give them free 
medical care, free drugs, and in the end, yet to, to enlarge our capabilities inside Ukraine only in such a way. I, I find that motivating, inspirational, and I wish you all the best of luck and Godspeed um, with, with your endeavors and especially Ukraine as a whole. Um, I, I know you guys are, gonna, or I know Ukraine is going to be victorious, and and you know, like you said, good is going to win in the end. And um, you know, I'm sorry, you know, I think I can speak for all Americans, uh, pretty much the world, when I say I'm sorry that you have to 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 endure this, but um, ultimately, like you just said, you're going to come out on top, and you're come you're going to come out stronger than you were before because of the the trials you've had to face. <laughs> So we're going to go ahead and wrap this up, Dr. Anna, but um, all my guests that, you know, I surprise them at the very end of each, each episode, and I ask them to uh, give one final uh, word of wisdom, and I um, preface that with what it means to lead like a champion. So what, what advice, what final word of wisdom would you give someone uh, listening to you right now, what does it mean to lead like a champion? Also, like one of the phrases, I don't know who said it, but yeah, better to aim into perfect and not hit than to aim into imperfect and hit. Believe in the in great ideas. Believe in uh, uh, unbelievable results. Put this uh, level of achievement that seems sometimes is not possible to achieve at all. And at the, at the end of the day, you will see that everything is possible. Just you need to believe in yourself, believe in people around you, to find these people with the same level of values, with the same... Um, understanding of, of your understanding of what you are doing at, at the end you will achieve this definitely maybe with some problems with some failures with some uh, mistakes but it will bring you a incredible results uh, absolutely i love it and that's actually kind of something i was talking to one of my friends about this morning before the, uh, we got on to record and that's failing forward um you know you always want to fail forward and how far too often we see failure as as a roadblock or something stopping us from success when if you fail forward um your failure is actually propelling you towards your success so i absolutely agree with you i think that's remarkable <clears throat> so dr anna people want to get a hold of you or learn more about you um where can they go to to find you you will have my LinkedIn profile where everyone can reach me and yeah, to, to contact in, with any proposals, with any ideas, thoughts. Fantastic. And yes, I will make sure I have your links in the show notes and in the bios. And um, Dr. Anna, from the bottom of my heart, thank you so much uh, for coming on the show with me today and sharing your experience and your wisdom. I truly appreciate it. I know my listeners are going to be appreciative as well. Thank you so much, Dr. Anna. Thank you very much. Thank you for the invitation. Thank you for having me with you. And I believe that we may repeat and speak about next steps, about next activities in Ukraine, in the medical field as well. Absolutely. I look forward to that. 
All right, everybody, that wraps up this week's episode of the Renowned Leadership Podcast. Uh, again, thank you so much for for listening to me and, and putting up with my show. I, I always appreciate it. Don't forget to subscribe, like, follow, give me comments, feedback, whatever it is. Um, I appreciate it. That's, that's what drives me. And as always, everybody, always remember, lead like a champion. We'll see you next week. Goodbye. Thank you so much for joining this week's podcast. And don't forget that if you're ready to unlock your full potential and skyrocket your career, I specialize in empowering ambitious professionals like you to fast track their careers and achieve extraordinary success. No matter if you want rapid advancement in your current role or a seamless transition to a different industry altogether, I'm here to be your trusted guide. Now is the time to break free from the limitations that are holding you back and embrace the extraordinary. Never settle for mediocrity. Claim your spot today. Start with a complimentary session by visiting renownedleadership.com and clicking the book now button or following the link in the podcast description below. Accelerate your career, embrace your true potential and become the influential leader you are destined to be. Remember, success favors those who take decisive action and lead like a champion. All right, everybody, that's going to uh, wrap this up for the, this week. I hope you love listening to Dr. Anna. She's a pretty amazing person. Just all her achievements in her life, in her young life, and just how hard she's fought to get to where she is, maintain what she has, and keep the optimis optimism. Uh, I apologize for not being able to talk. Uh, keep her optimism up through going what, what's going on in Ukraine right now. So make sure you uh, follow her, hit her up on LinkedIn and show her tons and tons of love. All her links to all her stuff are going to be in the show notes and in the bios and in the descriptions, whatever platform you're looking at this on. So again, thank you for joining the Renowned Leadership Podcast. I am Stephen Morris. Don't forget to like, subscribe and give us some comments. And uh, I will see you all next week. And don't forget, everybody, lead like a champion. Bye.